You look at your neighbor and tell them level up, level up, level up. Look at the next neighbor, tell them level up. Glory to our God. Well, I'm going to jump right in as we continue our level up series. You know, um, there was a while back, I was actually preparing to do a funeral. And as I was getting ready to do this funeral, you know, when you have kids, uh, how do you know, how many of you know that leaving the house is an event in and of itself? And so it's crazy. I've been late to events because of the event of getting the kids together and bundling them up out the house. And, you know, it was um, one that I, of course, um, it was near and dear to me. Nonetheless, I was running late. Uh, and so um, I don't know if you know that light app uh, for those who are Malvernites. Um, okay, big up yourselves. Um, you know, that light that's right there by Murison and um, Murison and Shepherd. Basically, Nielsen and, between Nielsen and Shepard and Morningside and Shepard. And so the man and them were on Murison. And I was, I was going fast. I was going fast. I was going fast because I need to get there. You know, we don't want the funeral to be held up and waiting for the pastor. Um, so anyway, I'm going. And I get to that corner and to that light. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, yo, should I do one of those moves where I, you know, don't act like you never did it. Make a right. Do a you. Oh, I forgot something this way. And then turn around. And then, you know, it's crazy. When you try that a lot of times, sometimes it don't even work. Because by the time you get to the light, it turns red. And so anyways, like I said, you know, thank God. Um, at that moment, the, the, the timer, I, I could see, you know, how much time was left on the clock. And so I noted that it went down. Uh, you know, to the time until so the light was going to change. So then now, Pete, the light turns green. And when the light turns green, I hear, and it's, this is the thing, like, I'm not the one that, um, that, as you know, that will always say, the Lord said, the Lord said, the Lord said, unless I hear um, or am impressed some, on something that I'm really hearing from God, you know, is, and a lot of people act like God can't speak anymore. He speaks primarily through his word. And whatever you're hearing better line up with his word. Come on, somebody. But in John chapter 10, he makes it clear that his sheep know his voice. If you're talking to him, come on, somebody. If you're talking to him, you ought to learn his voice. Whether it's audible or knowing in your spirit or whatever the case may be, or through the word or through others, you learn to hear his voice. And so anyway, in this moment, I'm there and I heard one of the times that I just heard something strongly the light turns green and I hear, don't go. And I'm like, okay, Jesus, let's just look at this real quick. Okay, hold on. Red means stop. <laughs> and green means go. Like, so we're having like this red light, green light conversation. And I'm just like, but I heard so clearly, don't go. And it was one of those ones where it just made no sense. I'm like, Jesus, I'm late right now, God. I'm the one that has to go. The dead person is waiting there for me. And I am literally here at this light. And the light is green and I'm supposed to go. And you're telling me to stop? Two twos. This is one of those times that I look back and even just talking about it, I, I still you know, get goosebumps thinking about it. Two seconds. No, not even two seconds. A car bimming just through the red light come on somebody 
I would not be standing before you today if I went when the light turned green. That car would have blasted me into oblivion because he was speeding. He ran the red and it was just like a nanosecond. But I heard it and I hesitated as I heard the Lord share with me and I didn't move. Didn't make sense as I was hearing it. Oh, I'm going somewhere. I want somebody to, 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 to get this today. But uh, in retrospect, I noted what it was that the Lord had made clear to me in that moment as he was saying to stop at a green light. You know, the thing is that when you're following God, sometimes he'll encourage you to stop at green lights. There are some of you right now that the season says go, but the instruction for your life is stop. And you're saying, but God, look, there are cars that are going. Why would I stop? And I want you to understand that you're not built like everybody else. That as Christians, we are not following. We are not being conformed to the patterns of the world. Come on, somebody. And I know it makes sense in many regards to do certain things as it pertains to the flow of how the world has set things up. But oftentimes, God has called us in God's wisdom because as Isaiah says, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. Man. And so if we, a part of us leveling up is that we've got to level up in our obedience. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and this is why the intercessors today open the service in praying around obedience and around hearing God's direction because it's important for us if we are going to level up, if we are going to uh, be the people that God has called us to be as a church, if we are going to experience all that God has for us as individuals and in our households, we have to be ones that don't just celebrate the dispensation or the dissemination of God's word, but we have to be ones that on it when we hear it are you with me you know what i love because see the bible makes it clear that abraham believed god and it was credited to him as righteousness and abraham is known as the father of the faith someone say the father of the faith if you read hebrews chapter 11 he is listed in the hall of faith as people as someone that believed god you know he uh god made him a promise and, you know, that he was going to multiply his seed like the stars of the sky. And ultimately, this was a promise not just for Abraham to have natural children, but also he makes it clear as we learn in the New Testament that this was a promise, a gospel promise. Because Jesus was going to ultimately come be and be the seed of Abraham, come on, in the flesh through whom millions and billions would make decisions to trust Christ and to come into relationship with God and be blessed through their relationship with God. And so this is a magnanimous promise that is given to Abraham and he believes God. But what we need to know is that when it says that Abraham believed God, this is not just speaking of an intellectual ascent. Come on, somebody. This is not just Abraham believing the facts about what God said. But it's Abraham, peep. It is him acting upon what it is that God has told him. Man, we live in a culture that celebrates knowledge. 
Uh, like the Gnostics. Fact is, uh, the Bible makes it clear that in these last days, that knowledge shall increase. And there are many of us that sell. Oh man, that's deep. That's a heavy revy. Oh my, we'll sit and we'll watch podcasts for hours. Come on, somebody. We will get where we read. Many of you read. I, I'm an avid reader. I love reading as well. You know, and there are many of you that sit in classes that you are a serial, uh, a serial scholar. You're a serial uh, student. But the fact of the matter is that we have got to go beyond celebration of knowledge and wisdom to acquiring this so that we can apply it and actually see the fruit of it become efficacious in our lives. Are you with me? And so this is why this is why the Bible makes it clear. And in, in, in James uh, two twenty, uh, the Apostle James declares and says, "Faith without works is dead." So if the faith that you have is just intellectual assent, then that is not the biblical faith or trust that God is calling us to that leads to action. And so I love it. Are you there in Genesis twenty two? Okay, uh, that was in a lot of you. Go ahead, uh, grab your smartphone. If you don't have the YouTube app, uh, the YouTube app, yes, download that too. Uh, but if you don't have the version app, go ahead and download that. It's a really cool resource, all sorts of translations in there. If you don't have a physical Bible, uh, I'm reading from the English Standard Version. I love this, uh, this story because remember we talked about Abraham and this season for us as a church, as we are getting ready to move as a church, we said, uh, we don't know where this building is and this land is that God is taking us to and it's amazing you know the finance team sent a a note from someone I don't know who you are uh, but a note from someone that sowed seed declaring for the land that the Lord will show us oh that just made me so excited I was like oh the people believe man we don't know where we're going yet but we know the assignment is that God says that we're supposed to go that we're, we're positioning ourselves to leave from this place to a place where we will be able to experience ownership. Watch, I want you to note this because this is the case uh, with the life of Abraham. God told him, to, told him that he is going to multiply his seed like the stars of the sky, all of this. But he tells him that he needs to go. And Abraham did not know where he was going. He just was obeying God in taking the first step out the door. But it's amazing because on the way to this promise, after God gives him uh, this this, uh, promise, he then now, and I'm going to go back, I'm going to backtrack next week as we bring the plane down for a landing. But I want you to to note and understand that um, Abraham ends up having a child at 100 years old. And God gives him this miracle child through whom he is going to bring this promise that was made to him to pass. Are y'all tracking with me still? But I want you to see this powerful thing that takes place in Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to just deal with the text and I want you to understand some things in your life as it pertains to the promises of God. Here it is. Watch. Uh, Verse 1 declares and says, After these things, God tested Abraham. So look. Somebody say, after these things. In the chapter prior to this, God does what he promised in giving Abraham a child. And it is interesting that subsequent to this, right after this takes place, that Abraham enters a season of testing. 
And if you would note, this actually is the pattern of scripture. If you follow, I, I want you to understand this, that triumph, everybody say triumph. So when you experience God's miraculous power in your life, many of you have testified of great things that God has done for you. Many of us, we have uh, come to the place where we have triumphed over sin and we put our trust in Jesus, been baptized. There are many of you who are just beginning or going along your journey and you have experienced the miraculous power of God in your life where he has caused you to triumph in an area but watch triumph is often followed by god's testing trials and temptation oh y'all stay with me on today because there are some of you you're like man i must not have got saved the right way because it just seems that uh, as soon as I start to follow God, as soon as God starts doing stuff in my life, uh, two twos turn around and it seems like all hell has broken loose in my life. Is God with me? Am I the only person that's ever been there? Is God really with me? Am I, is this thing really the real deal? I thought that it's the Lord who makes wealthy and adds no sorrow to it. What about this stuff that I'm facing now? God, you bless me with this house and now i'm in a place where i am battling foreclosure god you put me in this place where the thing that you have given me is being challenged and tested are you with me look man i want you to understand that triumph is often followed by god's testing in other words god will often put you in a position after you have received whatever it is that he has for you where your faith is tested come on where he makes it clear watch because see fact of the matter is that a lot of us get elevated and forget the elevator a lot of us, God, when God does the thing for us that we have sought him for, that we have begged him for, we forget about him. And so the fact is that oftentimes God will allow us to be tested. But this is the pattern that we see throughout scripture. I want to even note this. I remember recently with a loved one taking medicine. It's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I asked and I said, how do you know this thing is working? And they told me, they said, I know it's working because uh, I'm, having, uh, I'm having adverse effects because of the way that it's affecting my body. <laughs> the way that I know the medicine is working is because it's actually causing effects in my body. Y'all aren't going to have church with me today. There's some of y'all that you think that it's the enemy that's jacking you up. Come on, somebody. Fact of the matter is that oftentimes what you're experiencing is not because of what you've done wrong, but it's because of what you've done right. I wonder if there's somebody in this place that understands and can know, and I want to encourage you to understand that not every test and trial that you face is because of your mess up. Sometimes God is making you up and putting you in a position so that he can get even more glory out of your life triumph is also as often followed by god's testing you know that you know it's working because of the effects come on somebody you know it's working you know it's working i want you to note this because this is the pattern throughout scripture if i can just paint this for you for the next few moments before we get out of think about this even jesus someone say even jesus Luke chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4, we find that after Jesus uh, in his humanity, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Then the text says, someone say, the text says, 
The text says, and Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness. For 40 days being tempted of the devil. He has this experience. Jesus is led into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I mean, this is a powerful concept. So usually after triumph or some miraculous experience, we often are, are tested. And many of us have been discouraged and are getting discouraged by what you're currently facing and being pushed aside and away from your allegiance to God. But this is just the test. In fact, just touch somebody, tell them it's only a test. Elbow bump someone, tell them it's only a test. It's only... It's only a test. Watch. Are you still with me? Uh, so as we go back to verse 1, we are still in verse 1 of Genesis chapter 22, uh, 1b. And, and watch this. And said to him, Abraham. And he said, here I am. Verse 2. Note what God says to him here. Case in point. Take your son. Your only son, Isaac, whom you love. And go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Good grief, man. You mean Isaac, the one that you gave to me miraculously? My wife at 75 years old and me at 100? You want me to now go and sacrifice it? Sacrifice this son as a burnt offering? Has God ever told you to do something that don't make sense? Uh, Y'all tracking with me. See, watch. Uh, here's a point for you. Sometimes God doesn't make sense. Some of you sound, you think it's blasphemous. No, 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 no. Uh, because his thoughts are not our thoughts. Uh, so oftentimes he does not make sense to us. God, you serve a God that can take one plus two and make it equal a thousand. Come on, somebody. Because he is not bound by the, he can take five loaves and two fish. Come on. And make it feel, feed an entire multitude of people. Sometimes, God, does it make sense? But I mean, have you ever been there? God, you just gave me this job. Now they're threatening it. God, I just got this child. You made this promise to me and now the child passed or this cousin untimely left this earth. God, how is the promise over my family still going to come to pass with this thing being challenged? God, this there is no way. Oh my. Well, can I just deal with it? I want you to understand that sometimes God does not make sense to us. It doesn't make sense in the framework. And this is why Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and I'm a Bible preacher, so y'all get, get the hang of it. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart, peep, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Then he goes on. We stop there. He says in the next verse, be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. I wonder if there's anybody in here that knows that we are in this modern day generation, individuals that celebrate and deify and worship knowledge. Come on, somebody. The knowledge of a man following man will get you man stuff. Come on, somebody. But I wonder if there's anybody in this place that you understand that when it is that God talks to you and God is on your side, that God can give you instruction to get 
dragged you out of some ditches that should have taken you out of here a long time ago not even death I feel like preaching is the end for our God come here Lazarus I wonder if there's anybody in John chapter 7 11 that remembers when Lazarus had died and the Bible makes it clear that he was in the grave come on somebody and when Jesus shows up late like we thought that the sisters of Lazarus started catching an attitude y'all don't want to have church with me today they're like Jesus you should have been here a whole longer I can see some neck switching some finger snapping come on somebody and Jesus ends up saying I am the resurrection and the life come on those that are with me they even though they are dead they shall live again because not even death is the end if you are in Christ and then this dead man who was in the grave stinking the Bible says for four days come on somebody God was able to speak a word of life and that dead man was able to come out and come on come on come out in a place where he was free not even death is a limitation for our God you better hip yourself to the instruction of the Lord whose report I feel him right here will you believe I feel a preach I'm not there yet uh, but I wonder if there's anybody in here that says I believe the report of the Lord come on doesn't matter what it's looking like right now in the middle of my situation the magazine said I should end it by now uh, the tabloid said that I should have divorced my husband or my wife by now come on somebody because of the way that things are looking they said that I should just uh, send my child away but I wonder if there's anybody in here that says that I'm not patterning my life after the patterns of this world I believe the report of the Lord he is a healer oh, oh I feel power in this place he is still a deliverer come on oh I feel my help in this place he's a mind regulator is there anybody that can praise him in this place today because he's able to take my situation and if he can turn water into wine he can take whatever I'm facing and turn it into something that will give God the glory I wonder if there's anybody in this place today that can put those hands together and give the Lord praise because you serve a God who can raise people from the dead you serve a God who can take whatever you're facing and work it together for our good somebody open your mouth and give him the praise I just feel him in here, man. I'm not done. Oh, I want you to note this, man. I love it. You know, my sons, every now and again, uh, they get into accident. I get into um, uh, arguments. And one time, uh, my sons gave him, <laughs> i never forget, Gabriel was there at the table. Uh, and Noah's like, you know, Gabriel, you don't make any sense. And Gabriel's like, you know, fam, I don't make sense. I make dollars. <laughs> it was such a drop mic come on somebody I feel like God come on is just saying that to somebody today you're looking for God to make sense you're looking for your mind to be able to be wrapped around him come on somebody and to be able to catch up with what it is that he's doing but you ought to get to the place where you just buckle in yourself come on can we just have church for a second buckle yourself in your seat come on somebody Jesus is not my co-pilot in fact Jesus is my pilot come on I'm sitting in the passenger seat I'm not even skilled enough to be a co-pilot come on somebody I'm just gonna sit here like a passenger in fact I'm 
I'm going to go Uber on them and sit in the back. Come on. Jesus, if you want to take me forward, take me forward. Come on. If you want to take me backwards, take me backwards. If you want to take me upwards, oh God, take me upwards. Where you lead, I will follow in here today you got a yes in your spirit doesn't matter what it looks like right now I say yes to your will yes to your way whatever you say oh God nothing more nothing less somebody shout yes I'm done look I'm almost there it don't make sense man he just you know he's like I don't make sense. I make dollars, fam. Don't, don't watch that. Don't watch that. I love it because, look, man, what do you do when what God says doesn't make sense? What do you do when what's happening in your life don't line up with what it is that God just did in the season past? I mean, there's some of y'all gone blue and blessed your socks off. Uh, but then two twos later, what you had just disappeared. Uh, and God is testing you to see, are you still going to trust me even if it doesn't make sense? Oh my, who am I talking to? Are you still going to believe that the promise that I've declared over your life will come to pass? I'm remembering. Look, Pete, because look, notice it's a pattern. It's a pattern. Look, it's in the text. Throughout the Bible, we see it. God does the miraculous, and then there's a test. Look, John chapter 6. John chapter 6. Jesus just feeds 5,000 with a little boy's happy meal. I think it was a six-piece nugget. Look. And then what happens right after that? He's like, y'all are following me. When your bellies are full. Uh, but wait until I say something that jacks you all the way up. Peep, peep, peep. Look. John chapter 6 verse 48. He says, look. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna. So he's like, yo, y'all thought I was just doing a miracle. This was a setup, fam. He said, this is a setup for one of the most mic dropping I am moments in scripture. He says, I'm the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread, peep, that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So Jesus is making some hardcore statements, fam. Look. The Jews disputed amongst themselves saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Because remember, these are people, Jews, who were celebrating the Passover. And they would literally eat the lamb. They would literally eat the bread. So when Jesus is making this statement, they're not thinking. So a lot of people think, oh, he was speaking spiritually. He didn't say spiritual. This is why the question is, how is this man going to give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, come on, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up, pay attention, on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Can't the Bible preach? 
Whoever feeds on my flesh, drinks on my blood, abides in me, and I in him. And the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he will also live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread that the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread, speaking of himself, will live forever. Jesus said these things in a synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. So look, then they said, when many of the disciples heard it, did he say, no, 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 no. I'm not really saying that you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. He said, no, no, I just mean that you just need to believe on me. Right? Notice, when many of the disciples heard it, Jesus just let them get it. And he said, this is a hard saying. Someone say a hard saying. Sacrifice your only son. Uh, someone see some gospel parallels. Come on. This only son, I want you to pick him up. That you just got him. He says, you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood. So they're like, how is this, how is this going to happen? Verse 61, but Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? He says, then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? In other words, when I'm glorified and I fly up into heaven, then how are you, you man's going to deal with that? A lot of times when Jesus says stuff to us, we, we really don't realize and think about the, that the promises that he makes, uh, a lot of the things he promises are really, they really don't make sense. But we believe selectively around certain things, but not around things that don't make sense to us oftentimes at the moment. But look at what he says. He says, uh, and he goes on, I want you to note this. Do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see him? Uh, and then verse 63, it is the spirit who gives life. Uh, the flesh is no help at all. The words that have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus know from the beginning, knew from the beginning who those were uh, who did not believe and who it was um, who would betray him. And then he goes on and says, and he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted by the Father. That's a whole preach. I don't have time for that. Verse 66. After this, this is John 6, 6, 6. Someone said, oh, shucks. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. Woohoo! And then he goes on and says, so Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the only, you are the Holy One of God. Jesus makes it clear and says, he's like, listen, man, uh, he's, they, 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 these people walk away because they don't understand what Christ is trying to say. And because of the hard saying, after they just saw the miracle, in this testing moment, a lot of us say we have faith in God, but we only have faith in what we understand or faith in a desired outcome. If you truly have faith in God, even if it doesn't make sense, you're going to trust him because he has the words of eternal life. And even if you don't get it now, we'll understand it by and by. Y'all don't know that song. I mean, by and by, when the morning comes, when, I'm not going to go there. Uh, but look, but it's powerful because look. What Jesus was saying, later he gives them the revelation that the way that they were going to eat his flesh and drink his blood was in communion. Because the Lord's Supper, which we eat every Sunday, is actually the fulfillment of what they did in Passover. And so when we consume the bread and drink the cup, 
Jesus supernaturally gives us his body and his blood. And so they learned it in retrospect. But all they had to do in that moment where it did not make sense for them was trust Christ that he was going to bring it to pass where they would get the revelation that was necessary down the line. Oh, who's with me in this place today? I dare you to keep holding on. I know it don't make sense right now, but I love how Abraham says he gets to the place where it doesn't make sense, but he still moves on. This is crazy. Verse three. So are y'all still with me? I hope this is helping someone. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes someone say obedience and saw the place from afar then Abraham said to his young men so the ones that were with him along with Isaac who he was bringing to sacrifice he says stay here with the donkey I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you ah, I want you to peep here's this point for you you've got to learn how to worship in the midst of nonsense I know it don't make sense but the worship you have can't just be worship that is only employed when you get what's happening it has to be employed worship it's your acknowledgement of who God is come on somebody that if he was capable of being able to frame the world ex nihilo with the words of his mouth then he is capable of taking what I am going through and what is before me that does not make sense and turn it into something mighty he can take a doctor's report and turn it into a praise report come on somebody I wonder if it's anybody in here that knows that God is a regulator of minds you're looking at someone who lost their mind because of drugs come on and I didn't think that I was ever gonna be sane again but I'm so glad that I believe the report of the Lord and so when you see me running I'm running because I got a testimony because I didn't catch it when I was going through it but now in retrospect I can declare that God is a mind regulator come on somebody I don't know who's in here today that's on the brink of suicide or you feel like your situation is hopeless I showed up all the way to, to this place to let you know that God can take your situation and turn it around learn to worship learn to give him a hallelujah in the middle of nonsense I know they're talking about you but I dare you to give him worship in the middle of it I know your family doesn't get it but I dare you to give him a worship learn how to worship in the middle of nonsense Turn that trial into worship. Abraham took the wood, verse 6, and the burnt offering and laid it. I'm laboring just a little longer because I want you to get this. Laid it on Isaac, his son. Think about this man. And he took his hand, the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father. And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering oh god help us 
and we usually skip past this to what happens next but Abraham declares Bible says in verse 8 Abraham said God can I preach to myself will provide we usually look at Abraham when God goes and stops his hand from slaying his son. But before he goes up there, he has the unmitigated call and the audacity to declare, come on church, that God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering. My son, watch Pete this. Not only do you have to learn to worship in the middle of nonsense, watch this. But every now and again, you got to get a this ain't it in your spirit oh no 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 look at somebody tell them you got to get it this ain't it in your spirit i mean you're looking at it like no 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 this ain't it come on this is not how the story ends come on god did not bring me through all of this for my life to end right here god did not bring me through all of this for my kids to end up in a mess and for us to be in generational poverty from generation to generation this ain't it i wonder if there's somebody that can get some excitement and intercession in your belly to say this ain't it come on i am not quitting because where i am right now ain't it this ain't what god promised and i believe that he is able to bring something out of this he says god will provide <laughs> i don't see it but god will provide he says i this ain't it this ain't it no 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 this ain't it when they came, verse 9, y'all still tracking with me. When they came to the place of which God had told them. Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. He knew that this one knit, but he still obeyed. Until God tells you different, you ought to still do the last thing that he told you to do there are many of you that are believing for something else and God saying your assignment is to do what I told you right now and you keep doing that look it's in the text then verse 10 verse 22 chapter 10 chapter 22 verse 10 help me Jesus Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he says, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son. Oh my the test is about uh, the, I want you to understand that what you're going through uh, is about your testing it's not about your destruction can I tell you that God watch this God is testing you to see are you still going to give me a yes when what you're facing makes no sense are you still going to give me a yes when you don't feel it when you don't feel like it come on somebody are you still going to trust that I will bring what I said to pass because I'm not a liar He says, I know, and I'm done here, peep. Verse 13, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, 
And behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. That's where we get the revelation, Jehovah Jireh. We know God is a God who provides because he intercepted the obedience of the father of the faith and provided, come on somebody, a sacrifice when he thought the promises of the Lord were going to be over. He reveals who is God trying to reveal himself to you as in this season? Who, who is God, watch, trying to reveal himself through you as in this season? Now we know he's Jehovah Jireh because of what he did through Abraham. Woo! I want you to peep and I want you to understand this. The test was about revelation, not destruction. It is about revelation and not destruction. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time, verse 15, from heaven and said, by myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven. Here's the reiteration of the promise. As the sand that is on the seashore. Oh man, I don't know who needed this today, but I had to keep preaching this. Because I, I believe that the Lord sent me with a word for you today. Patterning after the father of the faith. That we too can take example. No, don't go and slaughter your son, please. Your child. That's not what I'm saying. But what is it that God is calling you to sacrifice in this season? Where is it that God has given you instruction around obedience? He's testing you. What is he trying to reveal to you? For those of you who are in that place, what is he trying? Where is he trying to level you up in? What area? That story, I told you guys, I believe it was last week when my, when my, when we lost our home, as I told you, for 10 years ago. And God now has blessed us and we're excited. We own a home and all of that. But we were in a difficult situation. I'll never forget. I was in that house when we lost the house nights before we we had a life group at our house and our stuff was packed up in the kitchen and covered and the people them didn't know that we just kept the couch outside in the living room but everything else was packed up in there we're like where are we gonna go like jesus you just provided this house for us young kids you mean to tell me that your promise is like what are you what is this and i realized now that i made a mistake obviously as i shared with you last week go watch it missed it but I'll never forget before I left that house I was on my bed and I had a dream after this time when I lost something that was near and dear to me I had a dream clear as day the house turned upside down I was in it and even though the house turned upside down I saw myself and my family standing upright and the Lord and I woke up so emotional because the Lord showed me he said son my promise was not the house my promise is that i would never leave you or forsake you and even when you've made mistakes i'm still able to take your mistakes and work them together for good god don't just use when we get it right to work for our good but even now now we own a home and 
we're grateful for all of this and, and as I shared our vision for the future and the things that God is opening for us but I never would have known that in that moment but God spoke and gave me the revelation and showed and said you know what I am with you not just in this place but wherever you go as you continue to trust me so anyway that was a blessing to you I pray it was go ahead put those hands together and give the Lord the thanks and so someone today you're like man this sounds cool but I don't even know this God I'm not in relationship with him Woo. and today I want to I want to encourage you I'd be remiss if I did not invite you to begin a relationship with him through Jesus first thing the Bible encourages us to do in order to begin a relationship God is with God is to repent someone say repent in other words we acknowledge we're sinners in need of saving knowledge and say God I'm sorry for what I've done sorry for my sins I turn someone say turn and believe not just believe in terms of intellectual ascent like Jesus died and Jesus came and that he rose from death but I put my trust in him you put your trust in what he's done for you dying for your sins rising from death with all power and then after you put your trust in him you're baptized someone say be baptized and so this coming Sunday we got people getting ready to be baptized come on can we celebrate that and you might be someone you're saying I want to go all the way with Jesus I want to repent believe and be baptized if you've never been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit I invite you to be baptized I invite you to put your trust in your faith in Christ um, even if you've run away from God and you want to come back home you may have run away from him but his arms are still open and ready to receive you today and so if that person is you uh, I want you to want to draw your attention to the connection card those who are listening online um, via podcast go to servecity.ca forward slash connection card there's also a, a card a QR code on the seat back in front of you you can scan that and you can uh, you know let us know about your decision today glory to God